Hi, and welcome to the Russell Investments Australian Advisor podcast. My name's Neil Rogan. I'm the head of wholesale partnerships at Russell Investments in Australia, and I'd like to welcome you to this special podcast today on ESG investing. Today, I'm joined by two of our portfolio managers in the ESG space, um, Andrew Zeninos, who sits on our Global Proxy Committee for ESG, and James Harwood, who's the chair of our Responsible Investing Committee here in Australia and looks after our ETF Ferrari. Welcome, James and Andrew. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Neil. Today, they're going to cover off a few questions around ESG investing and, um, and you know, give you a real view of how we approach it here at Russell Investments. James, you've just written a blog about the proliferation of ESG investment products or strategies that have a dedicated focus on environmental, social and governance issues. You mentioned greenwashing as a concern. Can you please describe greenwashing and why this is a potential issue for investors? Yeah, so greenwashing is, is where a fund or a, a product is branded as, as being ESG or, or being green. Uh, but when you look at the, the design and the portfolio construction, uh, the product's ESG credentials are really quite questionable. Uh, we've definitely seen some ETFs in Australia that uh, we think have got quite weak ESG characteristics. Uh, and we think it's really important for uh, retail products like ETFs uh, that are used by advisors and, and um, individual investors. We think it's very important that those products have very clear ESG characteristics in their design. What do you think has spurred the recent increased interest by investors in ESG funds and products uh, such as ETFs? Yeah, so governance or the, the G in ESG has, has long been important for, for portfolio managers and, and stock pickers to identify uh, good companies to invest in. But what we've seen more recently is the end investor really start to, to care about environmental and social concerns in the way their money is being invested. Uh, environmental concerns uh, appear to be the, the biggest concern for, for, for individuals and climate change and, and the bushfires that we saw in Australia have, have definitely been a, a kind of a key factor behind that. Uh, and, and that's led to a lot of investors looking for, for their exposure to not include uh, exposure to, to companies involved with fossil fuels. Uh, and consequently, in RARI, our ESG ETF, we have a fossil fuel exclusion in that product. Social concerns are, are also growing. Uh, this is a, a broader broader area. It could include uh, things like Rio Tinto, which has been uh, in the press recently um, for, for blasting some uh, Aboriginal sites in Western Australia. But it would also include uh, exclusions to, to industries like alcohol or gambling, and, and those are uh, some industries that, that we exclude in Rari. I think finally, uh, you know, with the social aspects, um, COVID-19 has probably made us all more aware of the communities uh, that, that we live in. And I do think as we come out of this pan pandemic, um, you know, social considerations are going to be more important for investors going forward. Is there a particular type of investor that gravitates towards ESG funds and strategies? 
I think uh, a couple of years ago, Andrew, we'd, we'd, have, we'd have mentioned you know, the younger investors who have grown up in a, you know, a tech world and naturally want more exposure to that part of the market and not to, to fossil fuels. Uh, but what we've seen more recently, and, and again, the, the bushfires have, have been a big part of this, is you know, parents and grandparents uh, really be becoming aware of the, you know, the world we live in. They want to leave. It, it is a healthy planet for their, for their kids and grandkids. And consequently, uh, both parents and grandparents are now moving more of their money to sustainable investments as well. You manage a number of ESG portfolios and mandates for Russell Investments on behalf of our clients. Uh, what is Russell's philosophy for building ESG portfolios and how, does that, how is that process put together uh, in terms of a portfolio management standpoint? Yeah, so I think the first, first most important aspect is, is being true to label and, and offering products that, that do have clear ESG credentials. Uh, I've mentioned RARI, uh, which, which excludes industries like fossil fuels and, and alcohol and gambling. And similarly, in, in global equities, our, our low carbon fund uh, excludes uh, companies involved with nuclear weapons or, or tobacco, which are issues in, in global equities. It's also important to note that it's not just about um, you know, taking out companies uh, from the universe. It's also about uh, tilting positively to ESG characteristics. Uh, for, for both of these funds, we use ESG scores to overweight to the, or, or take positive bets to, to companies with good ESG credentials because we believe that those companies will ultimately outperform going forward. And finally, what does the future hold for ESG and where do you see the innovation for ESG investing going forward? Yeah, so without doubt, there's going to be more evolution in, in this space. Uh, ESG is a, an exciting area because of this. Uh, the focus of, of today's blog and, and really ESG so far has, has really been around uh, equity investments. But, but I think it's clear that, that that's going to expand to, to other asset classes. I note that uh, this week the, the Fin Review ran a piece on impact investing uh, for family officers. And there they were talking about uh, investing in social housing, uh, green bonds for, for renewable energy projects. and that's a natural uh, evolution for, for ESG. Um, but equally, equities will also continue to evolve. Uh, there's definitely going to be a greater focus on the, the energy transition. Um, it's worth noting again, uh, AGL uh, that reported uh, last week. Uh, AGL is a, a utility company that, that, that uses a lot of coal-fired power stations to generate that power and, and consequently is a quite a large emitter of uh, carbon emissions. Uh, during their results, uh, there was a lot of focus about setting targets to reduce those emissions and also uh, there was a lot of talk about um, putting batteries um, on, on the, some of those, um, those, those utility sites, a bit like uh, what was done uh, down in South Australia. So I do think that the, the 2020s will be a, you know, a decade of disruption for energy and uh, we'll continue to see ESG strategies adapt to this new environment. Great. Thank you very much, James. One thing that we haven't uh, discussed in much detail on this podcast 
is active ownership as part of the, the G of ESG or, or the governance part. And that's something that we'll look to discuss in a future podcast uh, and detail how we look at, at governance and detail Russell's active ownership framework in, in proxy voting uh, and engagement. So with that, uh, we'll wrap up the podcast today. Thank you very much to James uh, and to Neil. Thank you very much for your time today, James and Andrew. We're delighted to really be offering a product like RARI and our low carbon strategies to the market, knowing that we're creating a better world in the long term. And if you'd like more information around our responsible investing strategies, please visit our website or contact your regional manager. Thanks for joining us today.